the standpoint of we're not just aiming at people's heads. It's not about informing us, but imparting into us. But it's more of a teaching atmosphere where we can kind of grab a hold of what the Lord is saying. Um, there were some things that I started on Sunday that I could not finish. When we were dealing with, we've been dealing a lot with devotion and devotional order and understanding God's response and uh, how we now interact and make exchange with God through our devotion. And um, I, I came from the aspect of the story of Job and his sons. There was uh, several things that I could not dive into simply because it was um, it was in the text, but it was so far uh, it's a little bit of a gap in between what we were already dealing with. And I know once we dealt with what we dealt with on Sunday, it would be hard to bring that into the same message. And I knew I'd have to break it up. And, but it matches simply because of what God says this next year, 2021, that we're going into. Is everybody say one? This is the year, 2021 is the year of singleness and holiness. This will be the year where you'll again begin to see holiness rise up as something desirable, attractive, something that men want, and it'll also be revised in its definition. Holiness will no longer be what you wear or don't wear, um, um, certain outward actions, but, but then men will realize holiness is being like God. Amen. And so you're going to see men uh, rise up and release revelation about holiness and open up gateways for, for men and women of God to enter into holiness in measures we've never seen or experienced ourselves walking in the Holy Spirit. Holiness is simply walking in the Holy Spirit. Um, um, so 2021 will be a year of holiness. It'll be a year of holiness and um, purity. Purity will be magnified again. Cleanliness. You know, um, um, walking in purity. and It'll be again something that, that is desirable in the house of God. Because we have watched in the 21st century Success take the place of holiness. We, in, in the church today, in the popular church, if you are successful, we actually consider you to be, in a sense, holy. Because we have so magnified success when success doesn't necessarily indicate holiness. Amen. And so God is going to realign us and get us back in order. And so I want to deal with some stuff uh, tonight. With holiness, and I'll tie it back into Job. I'll tie it back into Job um, that we dealt with on on um, this past Sunday, and I believe that this will be a blessing to us even on tonight, Amen. And so, if you would all bear with me, um, I want to deal with distinguishing between holiness and the profane. Distinguishing between holiness and the profane. Voices, are, watch what I tell you. In 2021, voices are going to rise up, trumpeting holiness. Like you've never seen. But, but tonight, I, that's what I want to deal with. Uh, distinguishing between holiness and, um, um, holiness and the profane. Holy and the profane. Um, and there's several scriptures that now connect my things. I'm going to start out dealing with discernment and holiness. Because uh, you've got to distinguish between. We're going to talk about distinguishing between holy and profane. Clean, unclean. Um, good and evil. Right. And there's several scriptures that deal with discernment that help us understand that. So if you don't mind me walking for a minute, the first one is Ezekiel 22 and 26. Now, uh, th th this scripture is very, very powerful. 
Um, and this scripture reads in Ezekiel 22 and 26. Her priests have violated my law. This is God speaking to Israel. And have profaned mine holy things. Watch, watch his indictment on them. He says, they put no difference between holy and profane. Everybody say holy. Everybody say profane. Neither have they showed difference between unclean and clean and have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths. And I am profaned among them. I see that. All right, let's go to Ezekiel 44 and 23. He says to the priest, he says of the priest's purpose, and they shall teach my people the difference between the holy, everybody say holy, and profane. Everybody say profane. And cause them to discern between the unclean and the clean. And so many times what happens is, is when we read Old Testament scripture, because God now manifests in the New Testament and he brings New Testament grace, we don't understand the connection, the consistency, and the fluidity from Old Testament to New and New Testament to Old. Amen. We, we must understand that if we're going to know what everything Jesus gave us, we actually have to go back to the Old Testament because many of the things he accomplished on the cross are prophesied before he ever comes. We will never understand the fullness of grace without the Old Testament. That's why he tells the rich man when he asks, can I at least go back and tell my brothers that, 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 that they better change so they don't go to this hell. That I'm in. He, you know what he looks at him and tells him? Jesus says, if they don't believe Moses and the prophets, neither will they believe if one rises from the dead. He said, if they don't believe Moses and the prophets, resurrection will mean nothing to them. Me rising from the dead won't save them if they don't understand Moses and the prophets. So we must understand there's a fluidity between both. You don't just not read the Old Testament when most of the prophecies about Jesus Many details that aren't detailed in the Gospels are spoken by those prophets. All right? And so we go into the New Testament and find out God is still wants discernment. He still wants discernment between good and evil. He still wants discernment between holy and profane. Right? That, that's not, when we get in the New Testament, that doesn't change. That, that flows over. We go into Hebrews 5 and 14. But strong meat belongeth to those who by reason of use, but belong to them who are full age, excuse me, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to do what? Discern between both good and evil. He's still dealing with discernment in the New Testament. That, that hasn't changed. Amen? And then we even go to the last Bible of the book in the last chapter in the Bible of the book, and God's, his agenda is still distinguishment. Revelation 22 and 11, this is my last scripture, and then I'm going to jump into a couple of things. Revelation 22 and 11, he that, he that unjust, let him be what? Unjust still. He that is filthy, let him be filthy. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. That discernment is fluid through, from, from the front cover to the back cover. It's something that God has always prioritized. Father, we just thank you and we just bless you right now in the mighty name of the Lord that you would speak today with power, might, authority, and dominion. 
We think that even though we have, we have created an academic atmosphere, that that academia won't hinder the anointing from flowing. That we didn't come here to learn, we came here to receive life. Look out, and we just thank you that life will be imparted even on tonight. That grace would be released even on tonight. That renewing and refreshing would fall on the hearts of your people even on tonight. And we'll magnify you because we're two or three gathering in your name. Surely you're there to do a great work. So we thank you for the great work of tonight right now. In the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All of God's people said amen. Amen. You may be seated. I said it and I want to say it again just so we understand this. Yahweh throughout the scripture, both Old and New Testament, everybody say Old and New Testament, makes it clear that one of the priorities, one of the priorities and responsibilities that he's placed on us as believers, his people, is that we develop discernment. He, he expects us, me and you, to, everybody say, develop discernment. We are, we, we are to develop discernment. We are to develop discernment, or in other words, learn the difference between what is holy and what is profane. What is unclean and what is clean. What is good and what is evil. Amen. That's very, very important that we understand that. Because what that makes clear to me is that it's not obvious. You don't just get born again and know everything that's good and evil. You don't just get saved and know everything that's clean and unclean. If it's something you develop, then that means that's something after I say yes to God that I still am accountable to now build myself in. I want to talk about the first thing I want to point out is difference defined. Differentiate between holy and unholy, clean and unclean. I want to deal with that word difference. Everybody say difference. Difference is the Hebrew word badal, is how you pronounce it. It's, it's the Hebrew word badal. It means to divide, to separate, or make a distinction between. Right? Make a difference, divide, separate, or make a distinction between holy and unholy, clean and unclean, badal. Right? That which is of God and that which is not. So it, what, what that scripture makes clear to me is that we don't just get saved and know the difference. We don't just get saved and know how to divide and separate and distinguish. We must be taught and developed in the area of dividing and distinguishing between holy and profane, profane unclean and clean. Amen. We must be taught. We must be um, um, risen up. We must be built up to gain eyes to, to now discern that to deeper and greater measures and degrees. We can't just know in totality uh, the difference between good and evil. That requires teaching and development. Everybody following what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. I'm just going to throw this out here before I go on. I believe that so much of the church lacks power, the power of God, and so few people actually see kingdom demonstration in their lives because we don't have discernment. We lack discernment. We, we lack the ability to distinguish between good and evil, holy and unholy. And where there is a lack of discernment, there will always be a lack of demonstration. The kingdom will not be demonstrated. We'll know it. We'll be like the believers that see but don't see. I see peace in the Bible, but I don't see it in my personal life. 
I, I see victory in the Bible, but I don't see it in my personal life. I see I'm the head and not the tail in the Bible. I see it, but I don't see it in my life. I'm seeing, but I'm not seeing. Amen. In other words, I'm not, I'm, I don't have the demonstration. All I have is now the information. It's frustrating to be informed about something that you have no permission to experience and operate in. Amen. And the reason why we have much more information than we have demonstration, one of the main reasons is, is because we lack discernment. Amen. We lack discernment. Amen. What does it mean? I'm going to take that a step further. Be holy, right? I want to begin by making the difference between holy and profane. And I'm going to sit there. I'm not even going to deal with clean and unclean. I'm not going to touch on good and evil. But I want to make a difference between holy and profane. That's what I want to deal with tonight. Amen? I want to badal, holy and profane. I want to make that difference. So now, in order, I want to park here. Because this is where we need to start building on the difference between holy and profane. We must first understand that God tells us to be holy. Right? Leviticus 11 and 45. Be ye holy, for I, the Lord your God, am what? Holy. He didn't say get holy. He didn't say work for holiness. He just said be it. Be holy, for I am holy. Right? Now, let's take that a step further. What does he mean when he says be holy? Because we have come up with a whole bunch of, of different characteristics of what what holiness looks like for some people it's putting dollars on your head for women it's not wearing pants uh you know uh for some people it's having a certain style of church it, uh, we, we are part of a holiness church amen uh, what does it mean to be holy right holy now is the hebrew word kadash kadash is how you now pronounce that hebrew word it means to be set apart, to be other, to be one of a kind with no parallel or no replica. Holy means kadash. It means to be set apart, to be other, to be one of a kind with no parallel or no replica. God is holy. He is one of a kind. He has, he has no parallel or he has no replica. There's nobody like our God. Come on, glory be to God. There's nothing we can look at and say that's like God. Glory be to God. But hold on one minute. Maybe I spoke too soon because not only is God holy, he turns around and looks at us and says, you be holy. Come on. Like I am what? holy. What was he saying? You be other like I am other. You be one of a kind like I am one of a kind. You be one that has no parallel like I have no parallel. You be one that has no replica. Can't nobody copy you just like I. Can't nobody copy me. See, what we got to understand is holiness is actually us. See, to be born of the Spirit is to be born to stand out. Holiness means I stand out. I know when everybody else speaks, people listen, but when you're holy, when you speak, it's something different. Glory be to God. When everybody comes into work the same way, but it's something different when they come into work. Everybody prays, but when they pray, something happens. Glory be to God. When you're holy, there's just something about you that's other. You do the same job that everybody else does but you don't get the same results you're, 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 the, the, the way that you it's just different you're other
other. There is no replica. The way you respond to trial is other. The way your marriage is is other. The way that you handle your and raise your children is other. There is no replica. I can't, I can't put my finger on it, but I just know you ain't like everybody else. And guess what? God says, I want y'all to be holy. Like I am holy. I need you to say I was born to stand out. I just want to fit in. Well, you saying you don't want to be holy. You ain't supposed to fit in. Amen. We were born to stand out. Amen. Our talk was born to sound different. Our walk was born to, to, to be different. The way we think is supposed to be different. What do you think about the presidency? I'm sure it, it ain't what you think. What do you think about the coronavirus? It ain't nothing nobody's saying. Not what I, I guarantee I don't think what most people think. And people get mad at you when you don't think like them. And the only thing you did was think like CNN. All you did was watch CNN, get your thoughts, and then you get mad when somebody don't. Amen. What does it mean? Watch it. To be holy is to be like God. We are holy. We are as holy as we are like God. That's heavy. In the beginning, God said, let us make man in our image and after our what? Who is like God? Guess what? Nobody but you. And nobody but me. Who is like God? There ain't nobody like God. If there's a church here, that's a problem. Somebody's supposed to be like God in the earth, but only one individual has the right to, the son and daughter of the king. To be conformed into the image of Christ is to have Genesis 1.26 restored, the image of God. God never changed his plan for man. He still said, let us make man in, in my image and after our likeness. But they missed that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to send a man in my image and likeness. And as they submit to that man in, in my image and likeness, they'll be conformed into his image and likeness and by default look like me again. He never changed his plan. Holiness is a blessing. You know why? Because it's permission to be like God. Well, guess what? God doesn't get discouraged. And I'm holy like he's holy. So I have a right to live the rest of my life without ever being discouraged. God never feels like quitting. See, we don't like it. It's like, this is too key. If I'm hearing that, I'm shouting over that. God never feels like quitting. If I'm going to be holy like he's holy, I got the right to live the rest of my life, whatever, whatever, never feeling like quitting again. God never steps out to do something that feels like I might not be able to do this. And then he says, I want you to be holy. Come, now we're talking about real holiness. Like I am holy. That means I never have to step out and wonder if I'm going to make it. Amen? Because I'm holy. Like he's what? Being holy is being like the God in heaven while we are yet sons and daughters in the earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in the earth as it what? Is in heaven. The kingdom, I'm about to say, I ain't going to say it right now. I'm going to say that. Somebody shout, we have a right to be holy. Come on. Somebody shout again, we have a right to be holy. Amen. 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 Now watch this. Watch this. 
so we understand what holiness is. Amen. There's much, much more we could cover on that. Now I want to deal with profane. What does it mean to be, being profane? If I understand being holy is being like God, and the more I'm like, being like God, it actually empowers me in the earth. Amen. In the earth. Now, uh, being profane. Uh, Ezekiel 44, verse number 23. Now look at this. It says, and they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and what? Everybody say profane. Now, this is the, the crazy part about profane. I want y'all to get this um, because we have to, I believe that the Lord wants to deal with how profane the church has become. Because we don't understand what profane means. I, I believe we've been using a lot of profanities. We've been very profane in the church without realizing it. That word profane is the not Greek word. That's, we, we'll correct that. I'll correct that slide. The Hebrew word. That is the, it is the Hebrew word whole. Is now the word for prof, uh, profane. Everybody say whole. It means exposed, commonplace, that which anybody can do, unholy. It means exposed, commonplace, that which anybody can do, unholy. To be profane is to be living a lifestyle like everybody else. Now, I, I want that to sink in before I go any further. Because we've, we've made profane something else. When actually, profane... we're. We, the more common we are, the more we're like everybody else, the more profane we are. Because we were called to be what? What does holy mean? One other, one of a kind, no replica, no parallel. So literally to say, I feel like quitting sometimes like everybody else. What I'm saying is I'm profane. My, my marriage got ups and downs like everybody else's. What I'm saying is my marriage is profane. It is common. It's like everybody else's marriage. Hello, y'all still with me? I'm trying to make it just like everybody else. What I'm saying is I am profane. I'm common. Ain't nothing special about me. I come a dime a dozen. I cry just like everybody else. I want to quit just like everybody else. I'm a dime a dozen. I'm pro. Hello? I'm profane. You know why we're so quiet? Because we've made a gospel out of it. We've made, <laughs> we've made a gospel out of being like everybody else. Amen? We've, called that, we've made that a new version of the gospel. The, the problem with not discerning profane. Being profane is simply being like everybody else. When you go through a trial, you go through just like everybody else. When you face an issue, you go through all your emotions just like everybody else. And sadly, the 21st century church has made being like everybody else a doctrine they call keeping it real. Hello, somebody. Uh, it, 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 the enemy has released profanity into the church, being profane, profanity in the church, all under the guise of keeping it real when it's actually making the church profane, which produces powerlessness. The more profane we are, the less power we can operate in. I need to help you for a minute because God is trying to get profanity out the house because we take pride in being common. We take pride in being profane, but our God is holy. I didn't tell you to be like everybody else. I said, behold, 
holy like I'm holy. I didn't tell you to struggle like everybody else. I told you my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I didn't tell you to stress out like everybody else. I told you and the peace of God shall guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. I didn't tell you to feel like giving up like everybody else. I told you no weapon formed against you is able to prosper. How could I give you an uncommon word and then tell you you just be common like everybody else? I didn't tell you to go through ups and downs in your marriage like everybody else. I told you and the two shall become one flesh. Glory be to God. Why are you working so hard to be common when you have an uncommon word spoken over your life? If we limit ourselves to being like everybody else, we also limit ourselves to only doing what everybody else can do. I want to help you tonight. Let that sink in. Keep on saying I'm just like everybody else. Well, you ain't going to be able to do but what everybody else can do. We're dying off from stuff we're supposed to be healing. We're getting sick from stuff we're supposed to be healing because we're too busy being profane to sufficiently tap into God's healing power. And since we claim we're like everybody else, we got to take medicine like everybody else too. We're taking medication to go to sleep just like everybody else. And we were never even supposed to experience that. But because we're so bent on being profane, we so bent on saying, girl, you ain't the only one, me too. Amen. Well, this is the keep it real generation. Amen. I just got to tell you where I am. And I got to ask you why you still there. Well, you don't have to be there no more. So just like everybody else, we've taken medication to sleep and, and help, uh, help us uh, um, um, stay calm. And only because we're accepting preaching that is profane. We're accepting we're like everybody else preaching. And we call that the gospel. The good news is, yeah, I know you struggle, but guess what? God didn't ever want you to be nothing but just like everybody else anyway. Tell me if that's not heresy. That's not the word of God. Why have we so embraced it? Why are we so ready to, you know, when somebody preaches, look, you ain't got to ever be depressed because God is never depressed. That's actually being holy. Not getting depressed is actually being holy. Waking up with joy every morning and is actually being what? Holy. It's actually being holy. Looking at darkness and not being intimidated is actually being holy. Amen? But then if we stand up and say, man, in those dark times, I don't care what nobody say. I'll be wanting to feel like putting up. And I wish I could get a witness. Everybody stand up. Everybody ready to amen that. Everybody ready to shout on that because we don't want our inheritance. We are despising our inheritance and don't realize it. Amen? Everybody following what I'm saying? Amen? We gotta, we, we, if we're going to move into holiness, we've got to deal with being profane. We've got to stop trumpeting and promoting profaneness, profanity. Holiness doesn't flow through commonness. If you don't get nothing else, I say... Get that. Holiness will not flow through commonness. We can't be bent on being profane and think the power of the Holy Spirit is going to flow through our lives. The demonstration of the Spirit is only consistent in those who are other or one of a kind. 
Yeah, the Holy Spirit will come through with anybody, but the Holy Spirit wants to come through every day of your life. God wants you to experience his power on you and through you every day that me and you wake up. Amen? But if I'm too busy, how am, how am I going to carry a Holy Spirit and endeavor to be profane? How am I going to carry a spirit that's other, different, like no other, and I'm sitting there trying to be like everybody else? You wonder why there's so little power of the Holy Spirit in a service. Most services are planned in a way that they don't need the Holy Spirit's help to carry out the service. You're going to sing three songs. You're going to get up and say the scripture. You're going you're gonna to take the offering. Make sure you don't take more than five minutes taking the offering. And then I'm going to preach for 25 minutes. Amen. And after 25 minutes, I'm going to do a short prayer, and we'll be back home by 1045. And the Holy Spirit just looked back and said, well, you don't need me. You got it. Why would, why would God make the Holy Spirit the helper and then cause us to construct a religious order where we need no help? Amen. Well, you, you don't need help with that. Amen. We're so busy doing what we can do, we're not saying yes to what we can't do so we can get the help of the one who can do all things. Everybody said, I always tell people, I tell them like this, they say, you know what, if you want what you don't deserve, you got to say yes to doing what you can't do. How are you going to get what you don't deserve and you're only willing to commit to what you can do? you got to be willing to commit to something you can't do if you're going to get what you don't deserve. I don't deserve it because I can't do it. But I said yes because he told me to. Amen. If, if you can do your vision, then you didn't get it from God. Most people, if I sit down and calculate, if I do this, this and this, I can have this at the end of the year. That's that's doable. Right. I, if I figure out what's doable for me and then I come out and actually do it. And at the end of the year, what am I going to say that God God helped me, he blessed me, he helped me to carry out this plan. He didn't do nothing. You figured out what you could do. And you got the reward of your, I don't want to get what I can do. I want to tap into what he can do that I can. But it demands me understanding, I got to start believing that I, I'm not limited to being common. I can have joy every day. I, I don't ever have to have a bad day, even though bad things happen in a day. Bad things happening in the day don't make it a bad day because this is the day. He still made it. Glory be to God. He knows the plans that he thinks towards me. Thoughts of good and not evil to give me an expected end. If it ain't good, it can't be the end. It can only end good. He never ended. He's alpha and omega. If it's bad right now, that means it ain't the end. Why are you feeling like quitting? It can only end good. If, if, if you're in something that's bad right now, you need to thank God. You know why you need to dance? Because you can look at it and say, this can't be it. Uh, it, can't, it, it, it this can't be it. Because I know my God, and I know the thoughts that he thinks towards me. Thoughts of good and not evil. And he backs it up by saying, I'm Alpha, and I am Omega. I am the beginning. It can't, I can only end face-to-face with him. I need somebody to say, it's good. 
See, when you begin to understand the, 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 the promises of God and the faith of God, you can't stay common, nor can your conversation, nor can your outlook, nor can your expectation. You repent. Your mind is renewed and your expectations change. Your life posture shifts. Amen? Now watch this. So, so I would say this. We're seeing, I'll say this one thing, and I'm going to jump to my next point. We're seeing so little power demonstrated in the church because there have never been so many people in the church who want to be like everybody else. Nobody wants to live at a higher standard because everybody feels like I'm going to fail at some point, and so since I'm going to fail, I want to sound like everybody else because I don't want to be accountable to a higher standard. I don't want to be accountable to be a higher example. Amen. But 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 God has given us an uncommon spirit. Now watch what it goes on to say. When profaning progresses, this is very very profound. Amen. And, and we're just discerning between holy and profane, right? Holy and profane. Um, Ezekiel twenty two and twenty six. He says, "Her priests have violated my law, and have profaned." Everybody say profane. Mine holy things. How? They have put no difference between the holy and profane. Neither have they showed difference between the clean and unclean. And it goes on to say, and have hid their eyes from my Sabbath. And I, Yahweh, am profaned among them. He said, because they are so enamored with being common, they actually made me common. They made me out to be a God that died, rose, and ascended into heaven to hand them over to accomplish common things. They profaned me. See, this is what we got to understand. When we don't make a difference between holy and unprofane, we begin to profane the Lord. Amen. We begin to profane the Lord. What does that mean? Amen. These are things we need to understand. What does that mean? To profane the Lord is to dummy down the purposes of his death, burial, and resurrection and ascension to common purposes we can accomplish without him. I'm going to go back because I know somebody was writing and I think I moved too fast. When we don't make a difference between holy and profane, right, we begin to do what? Profane the Lord. That's what, what Ezekiel, that verse, was, was breaking down to us. We begin to profane the Lord, Ezekiel 22 and 26, right? And when we profane the Lord, what does that look like to profane the Lord? It, it looks like this. We dummy down the purposes of, of Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and ascension to common purposes. Watch this. We could accomplish without him. People always say, well, I can't do nothing without God. That ain't true. You can sin without him. Was he? <laughs> that ain't true. That ain't true. You can curse somebody out without him. Right? Did the man that beat his wife do that with God? Or did he do that without God? I, we can't do nothing without God. We can't. Oh, yes, you can. You can do something without God. 
Hallelujah. Right? Can't live life. Right? But you can exist without them. That's why the Bible calls those who are in sin dead. Because they're not living, they're just existing. Amen? We dummy down, watch this. We dummy down the purposes of his death, burial, and resurrection to common purposes. We get a new job and we say, to God, come on, to God be the glory. But the problem is that's common. There are people who deny Jesus, who say he ain't the Savior, he ain't even he ain't nothing but a prophet. They get new jobs every day. We keep food on the table. And, you know, man, we in the middle of a pandemic and we ain't missed no meals. There are people who keep food on the table that worship Buddha. That's common. That's nothing that glorifies God because you ain't missed a meal in the pandemic. Amen. There are people that feel like quitting during the weekend, but I didn't give up. I almost felt like quitting, but I held on. Glory to God. God don't get no glory out of that. That's common. There are people that feel like giving up during the week that go see their shrink. And their shrink tells them something and they make it through the week. Is that glory? Is that what God died to give us? But because we've entered so far into profanity, we profane God so much, we begin to make common things as if they're uncommon. As if we need God to do them. Amen? We need to walk with God to do those things. That is to uh, profane the Lord. What he did by way of his shed blood brings a more uncommon outcome than that. God wants men and women that can lay hands on the sick and they recover. Come on. He wants men and women that can speak into men when they're oppressed with spirits and the spirits come out of those men. He wants men and women when they open their mouth, they reveal the secrets of men's hearts and they fall down on their feet and say, God is in you and they worship God and repent. Amen. He wants to raise up a people who are holy. Like he's holy. Does that make sense to everybody? Amen. And so I needed to help us understand that first, because if we don't understand that, if we don't understand that being common is profaning God, the more that we attempt and desire to use what he did supernaturally, resurrect from the dead to accomplish common things, the more we dummy down, dummy down his purpose, we begin to profane the Lord, and then individuals are cut off from understanding you were created to be uncommon. In some way or another, there's something about you that everybody else can't do. There's something about you that stands out. Matter of fact, there's something about us. What happens when it's a holy people? Amen? Now, with that being said, I want to go back to Job and his children. There's some things I did not deal with. I know I dealt with Job's devotion and how he was bringing up Satan in the presence of God. And because Job was bringing up Satan in the presence of God, when Satan came in the presence of God, God brought up Job to Satan. Because Job brought up Satan to God, God brought up Job to Satan. Right? Now, I want to take that a step further with his children, what they were saying about his children, understanding that difference. Job 1 and 5. Now watch this. Job 1 and 5. So it was when the days of feasting had run their course that Job would 
sins and sanctify them, he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did regularly. So it was when, if you read the book of Job, which we did, we read chapter number one, we understand that his seven sons and three daughters was off the chain. The Bible says that they would take turns going to each of the seven brothers' houses and they would feast. That word feast actually means to get drunk. They would go to one another's house and they would get straight up lit. I'm talking about whiskey, wine. And then they would have the filet mignon. They had the best food. They had the best liquors. They had the best beers. And they would just take turns throwing house parties at each other's house and just turn it up. They were, they were flat out. And so Job was like, man, let me pray for them after they finish their feast. Because ain't no telling what they done done. Because I know how they throw their house parties. Right? So they, they were having drinking parties. Hello? Amen. They were having drinking parties. So, so now he says, Job says, I'm praying that they don't curse God in their heart. Now, watch this, because I'm going to take you into two layers of what it means. What does it mean to curse God in your heart? Not to curse, not to curse him out in the open, but curse him in your heart. Amen? See, there's some people that not, don't necessarily deny church, but they're still cursing God in their heart. What does that mean? What does that look like? What is that? You see what I'm saying? And so, so now um, I want to talk about cursing God in the heart, right? Curse is the Hebrew word barak. Which, now watch this because it's an interesting English word. Now I'm going to break it down. It means by euphemism. Everybody say euphemism. Now, I, I want you all to learn that. In your, I'm going to teach that word in a minute, but I need you all to get that in your vocabulary so we can understand how not to curse God in our hearts and teach others not to. Euphemism. It means to curse God or the king by euphemism. By euphemism, to curse God or the king. To curse God, watch this, in how you bless him. I'm going to say that again. Curse is the Hebrew word barak, which means by euphemism, to curse God or the king. To curse God in your heart is to actually curse him in how you bless him. Everybody see that? Everybody say again, euphemism. Now, now watch this. I want to take euphemism a step further. Euphemism is the substitution of a mild, indirect, vague word where an offensive, harsh, and blunt word was. It is, in other words, it's not, it's to make it sound a little bit not as bad as it is by using a different word. Everybody find what I'm saying? It is to make something that is bad or evil not sound like it's so bad or evil. By just using different words. Right? We're talking about cursing God in our heart. Right? So euphemism is to to shift the words to make it seem not so bad. What are some examples of euphemism? What are some examples of that? To employ euphemism is to, instead of calling it homosexuality or perversion, I refer to it as an alternative lifestyle. What I did was I used euphemism. I used softer words to not make it seem like 
as bad as it is. No, 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 no. You're not living an alternate lifestyle. You're carrying out perversion and homosexuality. Amen. If I call it an alternative lifestyle, in a sense, I'm helping them curse God in their hearts. I've changed the wording to soften the reality of the wickedness of what I'm referring to. So instead of, instead of saying man acting like a woman or a woman acting like a man, I refer to it as gender identity or gender preference. What did I do? I softened the, the reality of how wicked and twisted it is for a man to say, I'm really a woman. That's not your choice. You were born a man. Amen. I'm using euphemism. I'm actually cursing God in my heart because I'm so, I, God is the one who says it's sodomy. God is the one who says it's perversion. How dare I try to change words to make what God said seem not as serious as he sees it. How am I going to use the word against the word? All right? Now watch this. Everybody say euphemism. We're talking about cursing God in our hearts. Instead of saying adultery, I refer to it as attraction to other people. I just, I, I'm just sometimes attracted to other people. No, you got an adulterous heart. If you look at a woman and lust after her, you committed adultery in your what? Heart. Right? I refer to, instead of calling it fornication, I refer to it as sexually active. Or I'm in a serious relationship. No, 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 no. You ain't just in a serious relationship. You're in fornication. Hello? Don't try to soften it up so you won't recognize the fact that you're in sin. I'm sorry, y'all. Can I help you today? Because many of us get mad when we call out people's sin because we've been under euphemism so much. We're saying, don't you judge them. Don't you say that. You got to be you got to be courteous to people's feelings. What you're saying is you want to curse them in their heart. You want to be socially correct. People, you don't want to hurt their feelings. You got to say it in a way where they'll receive it. No, you're lying. You're lying and you're cursing God in your heart. You are trying to tell God he doesn't know how to tell people their condition. How dare you try to alter what God says their condition is to make them receive it? Hello? You ain't just in a serious relationship. You're in fornication. We going to get married. You ain't married yet. Hello? So, so now this is what we got to understand. Now, remember, what, this is going to be the year of what, y'all? Holiness. There's some stuff we got to get in order. We got to clean the house. You know, I say, I got to struggle. No, you ain't got to struggle. You're in perversion. Stop calling it a struggle. You're in sin. The more you soften it, the longer you'll stay. Don't soften it. Because if you say, I'm in sin, then you understand. If you die there, you're still going to hell, no matter how much you came to church. The wages of sin is still what? Whether you're in church or not. Hello? Anyone who uses different terms in an attempt to soften what Yahweh refers to as wicked, perverse, I misspelled perverse, I'll change that slide later, dirty and unclean is doing what? Did you know that was cursing God? Where? In your 
I ain't doing it out in the open. I'm doing it in my in my heart, carrying out an evil act. You know, the reason why that's kind of uncomfortable for us, because the world has told us you have to be considerate. You know, we, we got to be considerate. You got you to consider other people's feelings. But, but the Bible says when, when we do that, what I just showed you, we are baracking. We are baracking God. We're cursing God. We are not doing good. We're operating in evil. How many people cannot discern? Remember I told you? You have to be developed to discern between what? Good and evil. You don't just openly see good. You see servers good and evil. Oh, they drink. They're drunk. If you don't drink, you're not. No. It's deeper than that. Amen. It's deeper than that. It's, it's literally evil because when you watch this, when you use words to soften the act that someone is committing sin the, or soften the fact that someone is committing sin, they eventually no longer see it as sin. I'm going to say that again. It's evil when you use words to soften the fact that someone is committing sin because they eventually no longer see it as sin. The problem is whether you see it as sin or not, it don't change the wager. So I know I no longer see it as sin. I know we living together, but we're gonna get married no way. But since people just call it a relationship, that y'all are in a relationship instead of in fornication. No, y'all ain't in y'all in fornication. Y'all living together and y'all ain't married. Y'all ain't in a relationship. No, you're in fornication. That's what you're in right now, every day. But nobody says that no more. So guess what? After a while, they live together. They'll come and huddle up at church and know the pastor know they, they, they're sleeping together. Why? Because you don't, you stop seeing as what? Because you don't call it what it is. So you can no longer see it for what it is. You are barocking God. You're cursing God. In many cases, we don't know what we're helping hell and not know. Now, I mean, we're literally poster boys for sending folk to hell. We won't, we won't be straight with nobody. Steady allowing them to stream further and further into a distorted perception. Hello? Somebody say this is going to be the year of holiness. It might get a little bit uncomfortable, but this is going to be the year of holiness. We don't get it right. No more baby stuff. It's time to grow up. When we attempt to use softer words to describe sin, which actually causes people to no longer see it as sin, we are enlarging hell, not laboring for heaven's cause. Hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure. And guess where she's getting most of them at? Right here in the church. Amen. Right here in the church. Y'all don't mind if I teach for a little bit. Amen. We've got to call what what is is. That don't mean you don't love people. That don't mean I don't still talk to you. But I need y'all to know, man, no, y'all in sin right now. You know, it's gotten so bad, man, I work out in the streets. Now you got people that that literally, I mean, in their seventies and eighties with boyfriends and girlfriends. Living together. You're too old to be playing house. What's wrong with you? You 
daddy play. I thought about that's your boyfriend. Woman. I'm about to say, mama. <laughs> I don't want to call you mama. What you doing? <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> but that's what's out there now. Amen. I'm, I'm meeting 69-year-old women, their boyfriend, coming over to the house. Why? Because it's no longer what? Nobody sees that. If they're in a relationship, they're in, they're, you're not in fornication. You ain't just in a relationship. You don't see it like that no more. Ain't that true? I posted a, I posted a post about somebody going to hell that got killed while they were fornicating. Man, you know who jumped all over me? Church. Who in the world you think you are? How you know why she was getting shot? She wasn't repenting. Why she was getting shot? She might have. You don't know what she did. We're supposed to be showing the love of God I am. Because I love other people enough that are living just like her that ain't dead. So hopefully they repent and don't wind up in the same. We are now putting people in heaven that, are, that don't belong in heaven. And we're scared to say anything. And we know deep down inside them folks didn't mess up. But then we've done it for so long, we start wondering, well, maybe they, maybe they did, since everybody is acting like they did. But the word is the word. Let God be the truth. I don't, I don't care if everybody disagrees. Let God be the truth. And every, if a man dies in his sin, if, if a man in his sin dies, then his blood will be on his hand. But the Bible says this, if you don't warn the wicked man to turn from his wickedness and he dies, the blood is on your, because you knew, or do you? Or has it been so skewed? Has it been so long? Have we so called it everything but what it is? Do we even see it like that anymore? Do we love our friendship more than we love our freedom? I love my friendship enough to let them go to hell to keep it. I love my friendship more than my friend. My friend going to hell, but I love our friendship too much to help him. I just said a mouthful. Hello? No, you got to repent. No, for real. <laughs> no, ain't no play repent. Ain't no, I'll start coming to church on Sunday. That ain't getting you nowhere. You got to repent. And put all your faith in the Lord. And yield to his lordship. And receive his And that ain't enough. You got to receive. I was baptized in water. Have you received the Holy Spirit? You got to be filled. Those, those are, wake up. No, that has to happen. Amen? Those things have to happen. So, 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 so watch this. So, um. Again, when we attempt to use softer words to describe sin, which actually causes people to no longer see it as sin, we are enlarging hell, not laboring for heaven's cause. Because now people will die in their sin. Why? Without the chance to, of ever feeling any conviction over it. The more we call it what it's not, they're not convicted of it. They're going to die, and they'll never feel any conviction to stop, to change, to alter. And it'll be on us. The individuals that allowed satanic influence of euphemism to soften our words 
Amen. So watch this. Curse, to curse God in your heart is to barack God or to barack God is to curse God and how you bless him. Now, this is the second layer of cursing God in the heart. The first layer is euphemism. It's when we try to use softer words to soften up what God said, what he said it was. That's number one. The second layer of cursing God, this is the second layer in my last one. Amen. To curse God in your heart, to barack God is to curse God and how you bless him. It's people who bless Yahweh for helping them maintain lifestyles he doesn't allow nor sanction. Now, this is a big one, too. We curse God in our heart when we bless him for helping us maintain a lifestyle he doesn't even agree with. It's when, some, when someone living with someone they're not married to blesses God for helping them work through their relational problems. They are blessing God for helping them maintain a relationship he doesn't even sanction. They're cursing God in their heart. You know most people curse God when they bless him? Because all they're doing is blessing him for helping them maintain a lifestyle he don't even agree with. Amen? They're blessing God for helping them maintain stuff he forbids. Amen? So in their blessing God, they're actually cursing him. When we curse God in our heart, to curse God in our heart is a blessing for something he doesn't want us to have in the way we have it. Amen. That individual who was cursing God in their heart, did I go too fast? Amen. Go back again. Just tell me, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to, I get in that flow where I'm ready, I'm ready to jump in this thing, but, but I, I definitely want to keep it at a, because I, I need us to get this, because I don't want us to get this up here. I need us to get this in here so we can be agents and influencers and changers. Guess what? If you receive this word, you're going to make some people mad. Are you all right with that? If you ain't all right with that, you can't be kingdom. You're going to have to tell some people that ain't going to like it. They're actually going to get mad at it. They will get mad at you. Hello? If you can't deal with that, if it just hurts you when you know somebody's mad at you. You ain't ready for this. But it still don't take away your accountability for what you heard. Hello? Amen. We can move now. The cur to curse God in our heart is to bless him for something he doesn't want us to have or even or, or want it the way that we have it. The individual who is cursing God in their heart is, at, is rejecting God's righteous truth, yet at the same time blessing him for what God doesn't even want for them. So how in the world can God change your heart when you're blessing him for what he wants to change? You're blessing him for maintaining what he wants to change in your heart. You're cursing God in your heart. Your blessing him is actually keeping you from him. It is an individual that's blessing God for their money and their resources that ain't submitted to no church, that ain't submitted under no leader, no word, ain't accountable to no kingdom culture. But they got everything that they need and they got all these resources and they send their money to church. Right? I do send my tithe and my offering to the church. So I bless God for what he's given. You're cursing God. 
Because anybody that follows your example, which is many now, most people believe like, look, if I'm in business and I'm, and I'm blessed, my business is more important than me gathering in the church house. Because we have so exalted that as blessing God, it's actually cursing. We're cursing God. There are more and more people feeling less and less necessary to come to church, especially if I got business to do. Especially if I'm progressing and I'm advancing myself because we've allowed self-help to creep into the church. You know, you got you to gotta, you gotta work on yourself. You got you to gotta have some self-help stuff. That ain't Christianity. No, you got to deny yourself. <laughs> if you ever going to get where God wants you to be, you ain't going to help yourself. You're going to deny yourself. Hello, somebody. Am I talking the Bible? So why, you better throw them self-help books away. It helped me get stronger. But it also helped you get more isolated in your, your spirituality. You're more isolated than that. You don't even really need to come to church for your form of religion. You don't even understand what it's really done to you. It's going to mess your mind all up. He's going to come and you ain't nowhere in position. Hello? He ain't coming back for individual people. He's coming back for a church, a body, a community. The average person don't believe they need to come to church. But I've, I've helped myself enough. Amen? There's a lot we got to shift. I don't know why I'm going that way today. I just want to help. You better burn them motivational. You don't need a motivational speaker. You, you don't, we don't need motivation. You need a quickening. There's something called a quickening of the Holy Ghost. They actually last longer than a motivational speech. Amen? But we've, we've tried to put that humanism and tied it to, to our faith, and we find ourselves coming to church to feel better, but things don't get better. We were talking about that while we were riding. We actually want somebody to make us feel better. Things ain't even really getting better like that. You ain't better. You still got the same issues. Well, I struggle with it. You're still struggling with it. You don't like that, but you've just now formed your life in a way where you don't have to face what you don't like no more, which is actually keeping you from being an overcomer. People, people will literally use success to design a form of life not to face the things that cause them to struggle and call that victory. That ain't victory. You're not delivered. You, you, that's not deliverance. That's avoidance. You avoid what you've never overcome. Amen? All right, y'all getting real quiet on me. I'm losing you, so let me come on back in. Amen. I'm talking. So, so now, Job's children, back to them. Why was he worried about them cursing God in their heart? Because Job's children, they had the finest whiskey. They had the, they, they, they wasn't drinking MD 2020. Oh, no. They had the Kavasi. They had the, you know what I'm saying? They had the finest wine aged for two and three hundred years. They they had the good stuff, and then they had the best food, too. And guess what they were doing? They were blessing God for it. Woo! Look at all the blessings we got. We could, Look at how God been blessed us to have this good time. We just, we're so good. They're going from house to house blessing God 
for giving them the opportunity to live a lifestyle he never even sanctioned for them to live. Cursing God in their hearts. Amen? Can you imagine that? Thanking God. You understand that people thank God for that? We get to drink the finest wine, and that's, man, God has so blessed us. We get to eat wherever we want to eat. We can spend $200 on a meal. Look at the Lord. Amen. One plate, man. $200, man. We blessed. We done made it. Amen. They're blessing God for gluttony and drunk. How many people you know bless God? Because they can be drunkards and gluttons. Stand up at the awards and say how much they bless God for blessing them. And then three years later, die of overdose. And nobody ever told them, you're not blessing God. Hello. He came that we might have life. And have it more abundantly. We cannot allow the cursing of God to cause us to replace holiness with success. We'll, laugh, we'll rather listen to somebody who's successful than somebody that's holy. We ain't looking for people who are holy. We're looking for people who are successful. Completely missing what God is trying to do. And, and sometimes God will cause holy men to be successful. That ain't, that, but that ain't always the case. That ain't always the case. And we miss the message. I believe that there's some shifting that took place here. I believe there's some rearranging of approach and perspective. There's some reckoning with God that we must do after this. I ain't talking about you. I'm talking about me. I believe that God is dealing with us all because he, he wants us to go into 2021 embracing holiness. Being able to differentiate between the holy and the profane. The good and the evil. The clean and the unclean. Hallelujah. Who shall ascend to the hill? And who shall stand in his holy place? He that has clean hands and a pure heart. Promotion depends on purity, not your desire to go get things. And that demands purity at a whole other level. Not purity on an elementary level. I don't drink no more and go to the club no more. Great. You're out the fourth grade. That's great. But righteousness is, is so much deeper than that. Holiness is so much deeper than that. There's so much more to it. My prayer tonight is that there would be a sobering presence of the Holy Spirit. Something that would cause the spell to break off of our hearts. God, we've been steeped, God, in, we've been steeped and bombarded in avalanche by compromise. 
for God by cursing. By not, uh, uh, by, by lack of discernment. But Lord God, I pray today that there was a grace of an eye, a discernment, a perspective that was not there before tonight was. I bless you and I give you the glory that will leave knowing uh, profane and holy. We'll leave knowing we are not common. That our marriage ain't common. That our mind ain't common. That our life ain't common. Our purpose ain't common. Our business ain't common. Our, not, our, our parenting ain't common. Our children aren't common. But everything concerning us is of God. Nothing like I thank you that you would raise up holiness back in your people who have accepted being profane. I bind the spirit of profanity right now that has come as a, as a false comforter, falsely comforting us in our error to keep us there, falsely comforting us in weakness to keep us weak. I th- we break the bondage of the deceiver tonight. And we invite the Spirit to come in and empower us to do something we don't even know how we can do. It won't be by might, nor will it be by power, but only by your Spirit. Deliver us from lips of euphemism. Give us grace to call what is what is again. Let us be witnesses that men might be saved. And even, Lord God, in our boldness, let our love boil over for those same individuals who are being bold. Justice and mercy married together. I thank you for every man and woman that received this thing from me. I thank you that holiness has got the award tonight that we're about to start doing stuff in a way and getting results that other folk can't get we're about to start things are going to start happening for us that don't happen for everybody doors that other folks don't get open for favor that other individuals don't ever experience We say yes to holiness tonight. We say yes to your Holy Spirit. God, we bless you. And we thank you right now. Come on, I just need you to say, I am not common. I am holy. Like he's holy. Come on, I dare you to lift your voice and praise your God because he's given us that. Come on, I, I dare you to bless. Come on, let's bless them good. Come on. Let's bless them good. There's nobody like our God, and we just thank God for that. Listen, I, I thank God for each of you being here tonight. I'm not going to keep you any longer um, than, than what we've been here. If we could just um, stand to our feet, I'm going to, to um, release you. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. For some of you who have been wondering what the holdup has been, I hear God saying, you've been saying, God, what's wrong? Why am I stuck here? Why can't I advance from this place? And God said, tonight I gave you your answer. I hope you were listening. I gave you your answer. And as you said yes tonight, you're going to realize that, that you're going to go back and where you've been stuck will no longer be that place. You're going to advance from that place starting tonight. Starting tonight. Whatever you, God, why am I stuck here and why don't I have answers of why I can't progress? God said, I gave you your answer, but I also gave you not just an answer. I gave you permission to move forward. To no longer stay in that place any longer. Father, I just thank you that the work of God and the grace of God has accomplished what, what you came in here to accomplish on tonight, that you sealed this thing in sobriety, awakening, and desire to see your will manifest. I bless you, and I bless every individual under the sound of my voice, and I declare surely goodness and mercy shall follow the people of God from this place. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. All of God's people said amen, amen, and amen. Bless you.